We're going to start our service tonight with number 488, Take the Name of Jesus with You. Let's stand, please, as we worship the Lord tonight. Let's still ourselves, please, now before the Lord in prayer. And Dr. McClellan is going to lead us at the throne of grace now tonight. Our Father in heaven, we come before thee tonight through that precious name of the Lord Jesus. And we thank thee, O God, that thy word tells us unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. And Father, we thank thee that we're able to come into thy presence, that when thou dost choose us for salvation, we thank Thee, Lord, Thou that's not cast us upon a wicked and a warring world uh, to make our way through life by ourselves, but we thank Thee that Thou art there and that Thou hast told us to, that Thou hast given to us the Holy Spirit, who is the divine paraclete, the one who stands alongside. So, Lord, we need not be afraid when 
thou art with us, and that Jesus Christ, our Savior, he ever lives to make intercession for us, pouring out our prayers before his heavenly throne. And we thank thee also that the Holy Spirit ever liveth to make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so tonight we thank thee we're able to meet together here as a band of thine own redeemed people. And we pray, our Father, that thou will touch every soul. O God, all of us have our uh, difficulties and our concerns. Our Father, we pray that thou would help us and strengthen us and grant, O God, in this wicked world we may bear a good testimony uh, for the Lord our God. We ask the Lord to bless the service tonight. We thank thee for that opening hymn highlighting the preciousness of the Lord Jesus. And we pray, our Father, that thou would bless us as we read thy word. May it be applied to our hearts. And Father, bless thy servant as he preaches the word. O God, we pray that with great power he might minister the word. And Father, we pray that thou would help us uh, to glean things uh, from the book of Daniel that will cause us to be strengthened with might in the inner man uh, by the Holy Spirit. We ask, Lord, to remember the sick and the suffering, the aged and the infirm meet the various needs. And we think of Mrs. Veer uh, today as she has lost her husband. We ask thee, our Father, that thou would minister to her, uh, bless her, and comfort her, and grant our Father that thy people may stand with her and bless her and strengthen her. Be with us now, we pray today, and Lord, take us home tonight rejoicing that here we met again with the Lord in his word. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll sing again number 55, God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. We'll stand please again as we worship.
Returning, please, tonight in our Bibles to Psalm 75. It seems we have been in the Psalms today quite a bit and read some opening words from Psalm 139. And then we were looking at Psalm 55 in the congregational reading this morning. What great truth there is there, and one of them about casting thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain you. Now, that's a great promise from God. And here we're looking at Psalm 75 tonight, which again uh, will tie into the message I want to bring you from the book of Daniel. Verse 1. Unto thee, O God, do we give thanks. Unto thee do we give thanks. For that thy name is near, thy wondrous works declare. When I shall receive the congregation, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all the inhabitants thereof are dissolved. I bear up the pillars of it, Selah. I said unto the fools, Deal not foolishly, and to the wicked, Lift not up the horn. Lift not up your horn on high, Speak not with a stiff neck. For promotion cometh neither from the east, Nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one, and setteth up another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red, it is full of mixture, and he poureth out the same. But the dregs thereof all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them. But I will declare forever, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob, all the horns of the wicked also will I cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. May God bless His own precious Word to our hearts tonight as we have read. We're glad that you're here in the evening service, and we're thankful for those in person and also able to join with us online. Our prayer is always that as we come to gather together, it is with the intention that the Lord will be glorified in our meeting and that we will all be strengthened with might in the inner man and the Lord's Word will be powerful to instruct us and help us along our journey. And so you pray that in your heart tonight that you'll receive some, well, as we're told in the book of Ruth, handfuls in purpose. That means just a good supply and what we do receive, it'll be written on our hearts. We'll take it home with us. It'll be a blessing to us. And that's what we pray as we come before the Lord. We'll ask you to remember, please, in prayer, a dear lady who is grieving tonight, Mrs. Karen Zwier. Mrs. Weir is a former teacher of Whitfield, and she taught with us for many, many years in our primary department and she and her husband were just with us a couple of weeks ago when we had the memorial service here for Jennifer Browett. Very sadly, yesterday, her husband took a massive heart attack and, and died. 
And we pray for Mrs. Weir at this time. Very sad for her, very hard. Um, her husband was only 68 years old. And that seems uh, now to many of us here not that old. And we really earnestly pray for Karen that God would draw near to her and help her at this time. We have offered our services, whatever we can do, and the church building, if they need to use this for a memorial service or a funeral, we just want to reach out and help her at this time. As she was very faithful to us for many, many years, teaching in the school, and a very gracious, calming, a very stable influence in the primary school, we, we greatly appreciate her ministry and we grieve for her now at this particular time. So please remember her in prayer. Also think of our sister Eunice. Eunice is at home today and not able to be with us. She's sick. And so Eunice, if you're watching on, we'll pray for you as well tonight that the Lord's hand would be upon you. It's good to see our brother Ron in the service tonight. Uh, we have been praying for Ron, and I know he appreciates that so much. Uh, people upholding him before the Lord. And I want to say a word of thanks to our brother tonight because we had been seeking and working through for some years uh, trying to uh, digitize our cassette tape library. And we have hundreds, if not thousands, of tapes that we've been storing away for years. And as you all know, well, some of the young people here don't even know what a cassette recorder is let alone knowing uh, what, uh, what we have to do with those tapes. So, but we want to try and be sure to reserve our heritage, the history, much of the ministry of Dr. McClelland and uh, conventions that we would have had over the years. Well, we're working through, we wanted to get them digitized. And so um, our brother Ron, uh, we asked if he would be interested in doing that and helping out. And so he was very willing uh, to do that. And so he, we got him, a, well, a computer and a tape deck and uh, playing those tapes. And they have to be done in real time, which means it's a slow process of just however long the, the services were, an hour, an hour and a half, well, those tapes have to run and then they're auto-rewind. And once they get then put onto the computer, and then Heather has to take them and, and make sure they're cut and spliced together. It's a very important ministry and something that we have been wanting to do for a long time. So he's up to about 300 tapes already he's got done. And uh, that's a very, very important milestone, and we're happy about that. So, brother, thank you very much. Keep on the good work, and uh, uh, we, will, we will hope to get them recorded. And what we want to do at that point is to upload them on Sermon Audio to have a historic section uh, connected with our church and uh, that will be something that you are able to scroll through and use as a reference as you're looking for particular ministry on a subject. Please remember, as we think about Sermon Audio, not to forget to pray for them. They're in the midst of a rather large project right now of establishing their own servers, and it's a, a very big project, and I know they greatly appreciate your prayers. I encourage you to go to Sermon Audio and just investigate for yourself exactly this project and what they are doing, and uh, you are able to support them financially if you chose to do that. We had a 
communion service this morning, and it was a very special and added blessing. Of course, meeting around the Lord's table is always special, but we're able to welcome four new members into the congregation. And we're very happy that our sister Isabel, brother Ted Glynn, were joined in a membership with us in an official way, and then also our sister Betty Wimela Chandran and her brother Gavin uh, brought in to be with us in membership officially. This, this is a blessing, and we want to commit these dear folks to the Lord and ask you all to pray for them and pray that the Lord would bless them. You know, whenever you take a step like this in the service of the Lord, you can be sure the devil is never too happy about that, and he will be always looking for a way to cause a stumbling block. So, let's pray for our brothers and sisters that God would protect them and be with them. Think, please, with us for this Wednesday evening at our prayer meeting and Bible study. We are continuing looking at Psalm 63 and encourage you to review verses 1 to 5 for memorization. Friday evening, we have the first of our Sunday school training seminars, an introduction. It'll be a devotional time and setting forth the vision of Sunday school. And let me encourage the young people in the congregation, if you would like to serve the Lord in some capacity, uh, well, come along. It doesn't mean you're signing up if you come, but it does mean that you're interested and, well, you're certainly welcome to come on Friday night. That will be at 7 p.m. And that's not just for new people. We want all our current serving teachers to be there as well. Next Lord's Day, our service is at the regular time. And don't forget, it's Mother's Day next Lord's Day. We don't want to forget paying tribute uh, to our mums and mothers-in-law. Yes, we want not to forget, too, about our annual general meeting coming up on May the 18th. And if you cannot be here for that election of deacons, then see our brother James Fraser, the clerk of our session, and he will see to it that you have a ballot for that particular election. And next Lord's Day, I'll be sharing with you all of the men who have been cleared through the session to be able to stand for that election. May 22nd, our National Day of Prayer. That's important as we get together with our churches and our denomination across Canada, and we're hoping that all of our churches will be able to join in, or as many as possible, and people from those places, that we will call upon the Lord for the needs we have in our nation and in our churches. Let's sing now to the Lord's praise once more, number 487. Sometime we will understand. Please remain seated.
let's stand, please, as we sing this last verse. God knows the way. He holds the key. He guides us unerring hand. Sometime with tearless eyes we'll see. Yes, there, up there, we will understand. Final verse. ask you to turn, please, in your Bibles to the book of Daniel, chapter 2. Daniel, chapter 2, reading from verse 44. you've not been with us the last couple of weeks, as we have been thinking about chapter 2 and uh, working through these important details, Daniel has just finished giving to Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of the dream, and of course, first of all, telling him the dream itself. We thought last Lord's Day evening of the centrality of the purpose of that dream. And verse 44 and 45 contain the answer to this. It was of God setting up His eternal kingdom. And how that the nations of this world were put in place so that that would come to pass. Verse 44, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof sure. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshipped Daniel, 
and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors unto him. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth, it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Then Daniel requested of the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. We'll bow, please, for prayer. Father, as we come now to our stage in the service, our time of having the Scripture open and being taught by the Spirit of God the things we are to learn so that we will advance in our walk with Christ. We will understand more detail of the way in which we are to glorify our God. And we will understand, Father, and sometimes the going gets very tough and the way is hard and the outcome is unknown to us. And Lord, we want to submit ourselves and just give our lives again rededicate ourselves before You. And so, Lord, help me, I pray, to speak the Word, Your Holy Word, with great clarity. And do not let anyone misunderstand. And, Father, speak effectually to the hearts of those who are still without Christ. And, Father, help us, we pray, to encourage each other in our pilgrim journey, in our walk of faith. Hear us now, Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Title for our study tonight in the book of Daniel is this, The Astounding promotion of Daniel and his companions. Daniel worshipped the Lord God of heaven, and he did so not with part of his being, but I fully believe he did this with all his heart. He had seen the face of God by faith and had no fear of the face of man, which, by the way, is exactly the way all of us are to be. The Lord's light was shining through this man, 
and he spoke with assurance that what he said was the Word of God. And with this authority, and I would say to you it was the authority of an angel of heaven, Daniel declared that what the great God had made King Nebuchadnezzar to see would come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. The God of heaven had showed to a heathen king what was going to happen in the future. And that is, beginning with Nebuchadnezzar and working through the empires that would come to pass and in place after him, leading right up to Messiah, and then to the end of the world, right down to the end of time. This king did not seem to be too disturbed, that is, Nebuchadnezzar, of the news that his kingdom was going to dissolve. His kingdom was going to be defeated by the next one that was coming along. And perhaps because God had shown to him the outcome of human history, and of course he would be somewhat pacified by the fact that he was the head of gold, he was the most important part of that image that he saw. When Daniel had given that interpretation of the dream, he received great promotion. And the promotion of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, it is a wonderful example of God's superintendence in the lives of His people, no matter how different or restrictive the situation seems to be. And as we consider some of these vital lessons, I pray that the Lord will impress them upon our hearts, because if the Spirit of God will take these lessons that we learn from this account of history and biblical sacred history and apply them to us in our day-to-day life now, well then, we will come to have a deeper trust in the Lord. We will come to know His sovereign ways in our lives. The central message of the dream, as I have already indicated and emphasized to you, was the showing of Messiah's kingdom that was to come. And that this kingdom of Messiah was not temporary. It wasn't something that was going to transition as the other nations of the world were doing. But this was an everlasting kingdom. And all who fight against it would be crushed by that stone cut out of the mountain without hands. And I suggest to you that that stone is a very clear picture of the rock of our salvation, the stone of Christ, the Messiah that was to come. And of course, the the pressing question for any here tonight would simply be this, are you in the kingdom? 
Do you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior? If you are a believer, then the question and the application comes to us that our hearts would be encouraged to know that if God be for us, who can be against us? And that's a great truth and a promise that we have from His Word. So think with me, please, in the first place tonight of what we would learn that God is able to make prominent people bow before His humble servants. My thought that I spoke to you last Lord's Day evening about the King sitting spellbound as he listened to Daniel tell the dream and the interpretation, well, I believe that's somewhat of an understatement. And I say understated because the reaction of the king is nothing short of astounding when we read in verse 46, then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell down upon his face and worshipped Daniel, and commanded that they should make an oblation and sweet odors for him. Picture it. The mightiest monarch of all the world is now collapsed down upon his face before a Jewish vassal, a slave, and he's worshipping him. But the picture becomes even clearer when he commanded that his servants should offer an oblation, a sacrifice of kind, and also sweet odors, that which would have been bestowed upon any or all of the gods of Babylon during Nebuchadnezzar's time. This man was obviously moved emotionally. He was moved mentally, and it seemed that he had a moment of spiritual enlightenment. For he said, of a truth, it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets. What, what an epitaph. What a statement that this heathen king is making about Daniel's God the living God of heaven. That's a good confession of faith. And Daniel is, is hearing everything that this man is saying. Who could have imagined such a, a twist of fate? How quickly did things change in the lives of those Jewish slaves? Those who had taken the unpopular stand about such a ridiculous thing as eating of the king's meat. Could you hear the, the talk around the morning coffee break of all the servants? Are you kidding me? Are these guys really going to refuse to eat a little meat and for fear that they would become unclean? Or who do they really think they are? Are they like super holy people? And that type of conversation 
could have gone on among those people who did not like Daniel or his friends too much for what they were doing, causing trouble and disturbance among all of Melzar and the people who were overseeing them at that time. But is it any different today? I say to you, not much. Maybe you have faced something very similar when workers in the workplace have mocked you because of your so-called prudish restraints. Maybe they have made fun of you. Maybe you've been on the receiving end in your school or in the place where you have gone to make a testimony and people have laughed, they have mocked, they have jeered. Maybe among family members. That's hard too, isn't it? David experienced that, you know. David experienced that. Remember when he went and took some supplies of food to his brothers as they were fighting with King Saul against the Philistines? And David comes up and he sees the giant come out and challenge the armies of Israel. And he said, what's going on here? How come no one's going out to fight against this guy? And the brothers of David said, who are you? What did you come up here for? Did you come up here to just show off? Is there some kind of... Go on back to the sheep that you have in charge of and don't come up here to where the soldiers are. <laughs> and so David was despised by his family and he, he knew the sting of that kind of reproach and rebuke. When, then, when that happens... In our lives, let us remember that Christ also bore great reproach among His family. The Son of David, Christ Jesus, was not accepted by His brothers to begin with. They actually thought that Christ had lost His marbles. They thought He had gone mad. And so they wanted him to come out and out of the controversy where he was, Mark's Gospel tells us that, because they could sort of quiet him down. Ah, oh, friend, it's a hard thing when friends or family, people stand against you for taking a stand for the Lord. But trust in the Lord and leave your life and yourself before him. Oh, there's a great illustration for us of how that God chose to exalt those from the very lowest to the greatest. And we mentioned about Joseph in the past, and his situation is worthy of thinking of again. Because when Joseph was called before Pharaoh to interpret the dream, and we know that at least Joseph had been told what the dream was, and Pharaoh acknowledged that this was no ordinary man. But this Joseph, this prisoner, was a man who was in touch with God and was able to reveal secrets. And Pharaoh quickly saw that he was exalted from being a slave and a prisoner to become the second in the empire only to Pharaoh. Friends, when you seem to be at your lowest place. Rejoice 
and keep your eyes upon the Lord, and walk faithfully and obediently and humbly before Him, for in due time, in the Lord's time, He will honor your faithful stand for Him. And it's not going to be by your maneuvering. It's not going to be by you thinking you're going to place yourself up a little bit higher. It's the sovereign hand of God that's in charge of all these things. Maybe you will find that some prominent person submits themselves before you. But maybe it will not happen just so clearly and evidently like that. But you leave yourself in God's hand and you trust in Him. And whatever talents He's given to you, willingly give them back to Him and then leave everything else in the hand of the Lord. Your life, your steps, your promotion, whatever it's going to be, to cast yourself before Him, for God is able to make prominent people bow before His humble servants and to lift them up in due time. Think of this as well, that there is a time and a place for God's servants to receive temporal honors. This was an astounding promotion of these Jewish slaves. They did not seek for this. How could they? They were prisoners in a foreign land. I cannot help but think that this was as great a shock to Daniel and to his friends as it would have been to all the wise men and the servants that were around Nebuchadnezzar. It is true that, you know, there are not many mighty among God's servants because the Lord chooses to use ordinary people. He chooses to use people like us. And in doing the work, it's normally done by ordinary people behind the scenes of public promotion and all the fanfare. And this is good because not too many are able to handle such promotion to high places of ministry and public acclaim. You know why? Because oftentimes our pride would get the better of us. And it wouldn't be long before the ego would take over and maybe a sense of being super privileged, well, it grows up and the thought would come, well, maybe we have come to this place because of ourselves or our own ability. Be very careful, friend. Seek not promotion because you think you're worthy of it, but wait until the Lord is the one that lifts us up. How many times, how many times have we seen that promotion and popularity it has been the very downfall and ruination of men and women. And these may also be the occasion when, there might be, when we would get upset 
when you see someone else has received a promotion, someone else has been set up in a place where you thought you should have been, and we get sort of out of joint about that. Ah, but let us leave all of those things with our God. Listen to what John Gill had to say. It is the good and wholesome advice of the wise man, he's thinking Solomon, for men to be easy under every providence, satisfied with their present condition and circumstances, and be cheerful and pleasant, and not distress themselves about things they cannot alter. And that means to just trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding and all our ways to acknowledge Him. Remember, brother and sister, that God's ways are always the best. And we must trust in His loving providence, for He knows the way that we take. The exaltation of Daniel and his friends, they were taken from the bottom and they were placed at the top in less than one hour. As a matter of fact, if you were to read the account slowly of Daniel telling the dream and the interpretation about ten minutes, not a long time, but in that ten-minute period, what then transpired was, was amazing. And the result is simply another example of, of truth really being stranger than fiction. How, who could have written such a story to see these people taken from the very bottom and in such a time placed at the very top? You know, if God chooses to exalt you, it may, na- it may not take place such, such a short space of time as this. It may not be fast at all. Matter of fact, it might be a lifetime. But the important point is this. The length of time of the promotion that God chooses to place upon His people, it's a matter of us trusting and resting in the Lord and in His time and to leave our lives in His hands. This is a walk of faith. This is the walk of faith that Daniel and Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah took. And you know why? Because it brings us more and more to depend upon Christ and to glorify our Savior. Because if Christ is glorified through us, then our Father in heaven will be glorified. Now the Lord is able to make Prominent people bow down before His humble servants. And there is a time when humble servants should take temporal honors. And I want to say before we leave this point, some may have wondered, how did Daniel respond when the king bowed down before him and worshipped him and then commanded that sacrifice and offering be made to him? Now, there's more than one commentator that believes, and I would agree with them, that Daniel resisted the king's offer of sacrifice. Not everything that is in the conversation is recorded in the Scriptures. We could imagine that other things would have transpired between them, but there's an interesting point in verse 47. 
right after. Now, Daniel couldn't have stopped the king bowing down before him. He couldn't stop him from doing that. He couldn't stop what he was saying about him. But he could have resisted when the king wanted to do sacrifice or oblation and the sweet odors before him. If you remember when Paul and Barnabas were going through Lystra, I believe it was, and they healed a man, a great thing was done, and the people wanted to rush out and, and bow down and do sacrifice to them, and Paul, they stopped them from doing that. No, we are but men as you are. Interesting, in verse 47, it says, The king answered unto Daniel. And that's an indication that there is something of a response that Nebuchadnezzar was making to what Daniel would have said. Because we know already the character of Daniel is a man of God. Daniel was not going to allow willingly for this king, didn't matter how great he is. He had already stood up to Nebuchadnezzar, and he had already told him all he needed to hear. So he is going not fearful to say, no, do not do this sacrifice to us. We are just men. It is not in me. You remember what he told him? It is not in me that this dream will be made known to you. It is from the God of heaven. So you have just acknowledged the God of heaven. Don't therefore worship me. I am a man. And I believe that there's at least a hint here, an indication that this was resisted by God's servants. And you know, when promotion would come, and it's a rightful thing for promotion to come at the right time, but we don't want to accept such promotion if it means compromising our faith. That would not be glorifying to God. And I could hardly imagine Daniel standing there and allowing people to make oblation and sacrifice and sweet odors to him at such a time. He was not a man to take praise to himself. There is a time and God honored His servants. The third thing I leave with you tonight is this. We should not forget our friends in time of promotion. Daniel was very quick to ask that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would be placed in positions of authority in Babylon. They were with Daniel in every step that he had taken so far. They were with him in refusing to eat that meat. They wanted to be separated from compromise. They were certainly with him when he needed praying friends, when they had to know what the dream was and the interpretation. They were with him all the way along. And he would not want to see them left somewhere in the shadows Daniel did not want to forget about them. You've heard that term, haven't you? A dog-eat-dog world. Sure you have. It mainly describes an attitude in the corporate world 
where people would do anything to get promoted to the next level. And that means and includes turning on a friend, stepping on others in order to get that promotion, in order to get that raise, in order to come to the place where you want to have authority up the ladder of success. But I say to you tonight, that is not the Spirit of Christ. And Daniel lived by the way of loyalty unto God and certainly loyalty to his friends. He was faithful to them. And he looked beyond the promotion that he had to the value of people. Those who had supported him, he was prepared to say, let each esteem other better than themselves. That was Daniel's motto. Oh, not in so many words, but it was actually he had quickly ridden to the top in Babylon. And if he had of forgotten his friends and just been sailing to the highest position next to Nebuchadnezzar, Christ would not have been honored. And I believe Daniel would have had a pretty miserable life after that as well. For a friend, we are told, loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. There is nothing that is so cutting to the heart as someone you thought you could depend on and they betrayed you. Maybe a close friend or even a loved one. And when it happens, it's, it's more than hurtful. But let us all remember that maybe we have also been somewhat guilty in this in letting someone else down that was depending on us in betraying someone. Remember, we read Psalm 55 this morning and David was pouring out his heart to the Lord about a friend of his that had walked to him to the house of God, that had prayed together, they had worshipped together, and this person turned out to be a devil. Was he talking about Ahithophel? Maybe. Therefore, it is good to learn and pray that God will help us not to forget and not to neglect others in the time of their need and also not to forget them when we have been promoted and elevated to a place. God calls us, doesn't He, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. And one final thing tonight, and we also, in all this, we would learn about the promotion to guard against rapid and high promotion going to our heads. In the New Testament, the Apostle says that we are to lay hands upon no man suddenly. What does that mean? Well, we sometimes have joked about that when you have a service coming up and you don't just go down and pick out someone from the congregation and say, come on up here and I want you to give your testimony or come on up here and preach the Word. Well, uh, that's, that's not strictly what that means, though there could be some good application to that. The idea is this. Laying hands upon no man suddenly was 
within the Presbyterian model that comes from the Scripture, the idea of ordaining someone to the office of eldership, to the office of the New Testament church of deaconship, is not to be done suddenly. Because a novice should not be placed into a position of authority because they're not prepared. And it would be both unfair to them and unfair to the people that they would be over. And so the Lord gives warning here about that. Don't lay hands upon a man suddenly, upon a person suddenly for a task that they're not prepared for, they haven't been trained for, they're not mature in the faith for. All of those things are important. But here was this young man. And by the way, it doesn't have to do with age, does it? Because Daniel's only a young man, 17 years of age, possibly. A few years had passed, maybe he's 20. That's still pretty young. To be put in a place, in a position where he was in Babylon, as this young man, well, there's every potential for that ruining him. When the Lord places something upon you, friends, don't, don't let it go to your head. Don't become too big for your own boots. For Joseph, or for a Daniel, to be lifted up so fast and so high, there was real potential of this going to their heads. So what, what was the answer? What's the solution? What's the protection in all this? Don't forget your roots. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget how small you are. Don't forget what God has done for you. Don't forget where we have come from. You know, when God was showing to David, as he was the king of Israel, a great man exalted to a high position, you know what the Lord said to David? He said, I took you from the sheepfolds. I took you from a boy watching sheep. Therefore, don't forget that. Remember that as now you're the king and don't think you're some super person. Let's not forget, friends, where we have come from. We are sinners saved by God's grace. And we don't deserve anything. As a matter of fact, we sometimes say that God uses us in spite of ourselves. Well, let's be always careful uh, to remember these things. And as we do acknowledge and humble ourselves and realize that what Paul said to the Corinthians, that everything they had, they had received. Therefore, why were they boasting in it? They thought they knew a lot. But why were they boasting in their so-called knowledge? They didn't know a lot. They thought they knew. God said, you've received some ability, some talents. Well, where'd they come from? Of course, they came from the Lord. And Paul said, therefore, don't boast in them. Don't think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. For pride is like a balloon that's filled and filled and filled with air, and it looks so massive. But then you take the smallest pin, and as that sharp 
instrument comes near that membrane and slightly touches it. The membrane explodes. And you go and try to find the little pieces of the rubber. It's destroyed. It cannot ever be inflated again. And that's exactly what pride does. It it builds up and builds up and builds up. Let's guard against it. And let us always be deflecting the glory unto the Lord. And for everything that He enables us to do, let us say, Lord, Your name be magnified. Not I, but Christ is the song. For in Him we live and move and have our being. And the more we think about that and we deflect that praise unto our great God, He will be glorified. This was the spirit of Daniel. This was the spirit of his friends. And let that be our spirit. And so as we conclude tonight, three simple things in conclusion. Let's remember that it is God who sets up one and brings down another. It's not of us, but of Him. Let's also remember that we will trust and rest upon the Lord, leaving the outcome with Him. Again, not trying to micromanage the Lord. Not trying to overthink but to come to a point where we've done our due diligence, we've done all that we can do, and we must rest, leave the rest with Him. And the third one is this, that above all, faithfulness to God will be rewarded on heaven, in heaven, on earth, I should say, and in heaven. We'll get that right yet. It'll be rewarded on earth, and it will be in glory. And at that point, we will deflect all praise to Him. We will cast our crowns at the feet of Jesus and say, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive all honor and praise and glory. May God bless His Word to us tonight as we have thought. We're going to sing a hymn in closing, now number 617. I will never, never leave thee. I will never thee forsake. I will guard and save and keep thee for my name and mercy's sake. Fear no evil, fear no evil. Only all my counsel take, for I'll never, never leave thee. I will never thee forsake. We'll stand pleased to sing.
Let's close, please, now our meeting in prayer. And as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, friend, I wonder tonight, has the Lord been speaking to a heart? If you're not a believer, time and opportunity now to get right with Him. Maybe you know Christ, but you've been wandering a bit at a distance, not walking close to Him. In the quiet moments now, just call out to the Lord and pray, O oh God, restore the joy of my salvation. Bring me back, Lord, I pray, so that our lives, your life might reflect the beauty of Christ. You'll be able to walk in peace with Him each day. Lord, take Your holy word, I pray, and Stamp it upon every heart. Help us, we pray today, tonight, in this incoming week. Go in front of us, Lord, I pray, and make us a blessing. Do a great work in us. Revive our hearts. Speak to every soul in the service tonight. Every family. Don't let one be left outside of the rich and mighty blessing there is in Christ. So, Lord, part us now in Your fear with Your rich blessing, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.